0: https wwwyoutubecom watch. V EQUALS 4224. I think sing another song, boys, is Leonard Cohen's comedy version of "Auld Lang Syne." The "Auld Lang Syne" song is traditionally accompanied by people joining hands in friendship as they look forward to the new year ahead. They pledge that whatever changes life may bring, that old friends will not be forgotten. The song includes the question of whether we should forget old friends. There is a tension in this. Some friendships last, and some do not. The traditional song puts pressure on people to hold onto these friends, and also to drink. Both could be extremely unhealthy, but the song glosses over this. I think Cohen explores the dark comedy of all Lang Syne. Here is Tony Blair. He has to awkwardly cross his arms across his chest. One hand is holding his wife's hand, and the other holds the Queen of England's hand. This is how people pose when they sing the traditional song. There is something psychologically confusing about this, because normally we use the closest hand to the person to hold theirs with the song is supremely powerful, politicians of all parties must conform with the tradition of the song or be considered outsiders of society. This happens all over the world on the seventieth anniversary of d-day Men wore their uniforms again and sang all Lang Syne. This shows that the power of the song crosses the boundaries of life and death. It says, should we forget our old friends. Dash and so in this context we know that the soldiers remember their old friends who passed away in the war, their old friends who have passed away since then, and the old friends who are still with them. Here are the Prime Ministers of Cambodia and India, the Sultan of Brunei, and the President of Indonesia. They hold hands in this way too. It is a global tradition and Cohen chooses to subvert it. Whilst Cohen was writing the songs, Monty Python had just started to take off. They divided opinion by discarding the traditional rules of television comedy. I think in this song Cohen discards the traditional rules of Auld Lang Syne. During the tradition people hold hands with good friends, but also with strangers, opposing political leaders and personal enemies. As adults we can suppress our dislike of this so that the group can form a unified whole. Leonard Cohen laughs at this. The song begins like a Monty Python sketch as people gather to hold hands for Auld Lang Syne. I his fingernails, I see they're broken. The song should be about universal friendliness but Cohen draws attention to the physical. He doesn't say I don't like this person but rather draws attention to their physical imperfections. It is easier to do this than to explain the complex reasons that we dislike being near someone. Like Heat magazine, this sort of hating does the unite people. If the physical imperfection is something everyone can see, then it is a type of hating that everyone can readily access. However in the context of the traditions of Auld Lang Syne, You could imagine that the other people would be appalled and offended that Cohen is focusing on his neighbor's broken fingernails. He won't get away with that one easily. Heat Magazine might buy the photo, but their editor will not talk about it during the New Year celebrations. Another way to escape interacting with people is to pretend that we have something that we urgently need to attend to. Lily Allen avoids demands and knock him out by saying nah I've gotta go cause my house is on fire. The man with the broken fingernails lets Cohen know that the feeling is quite mutual. He doesn't like Cohen either so he, like Lily Allen avoids demands by informing Cohen that dash. His ships there are all on fire. Another tension in Auld Lang Syne is sexual tension. The moneylender's lovely little daughter. Ah she's eaten she's eaten with desire. The song forces everyone to hold hands. A sex pest takes this opportunity to make physical contact with a young woman. Normally he would be unable to do this, especially because he owes her father a lot of money he cannot have the moneylender cross with him for two reasons. However during Auld Lang Syne, he can flirt with the girl by squeezing her hand, and nobody will even notice. Everyone does this in the singing of Auld Lang Syne and so from the crowd's perspective it is not a flirtation. However the girl might suspect something from his sweaty grip, and the manic lust in his eye. She spies him through the glasses. From the pawnshops of her wicked father. The mention of glasses, also suggests the song is about Auld Lang Syne. We raise the glasses up to eye level as we toast our neighbors and colleagues. The girl resents having to have her hand griped by the sex pest. Normally she could complain to her father about the unwanted attentions of his client. However everyone is lost in the power of the song. This makes her feel out of place, and cast out, she finds herself not in the pub at all. She is back in the pawn shop, feeling that she is another second-hand item to be sold for the sake of the business. Auld Lang Syne is used to strengthen the bonds of business partners. It is a multi-purpose song about humans connecting, and this is its strength as well as its danger. She hails him with a microphone. That some poor singer, just like me, had to leave her. She wants to escape the grip of the sex pest. If she was out on the town, she could hail a taxi to escape. As she is in a pub, she hails her father with a microphone. Everyone has complete focus only on the song, so if she wants to get her father's attention, she has to wave a microphone. He will see the microphone because it is related to the music, so it helps her to become visible. With Money Python humor again, Cohen feels sorry for the singer, whom she stole the microphone from. Now the singer himself is caught up in the chaos of the scene, which is perhaps why the song ends with the drunken crowd singing without a professional singer to guide them. She tempts him with a clarinet. She waves a Nazi dagger. Her plan did not work. Her father is still focused on the song and not her. She decides to try to make herself more visible this time she steals something bigger. She takes a clarinet from the same unfortunate musician, and waves it as she once waved the microphone. The musician is really feeling picked on now. She is so angry about having to hold hands with a sex pest. She imagines the clarinet is a Nazi dagger. This shows how angry she feels about her father conformity and loyalty to Auld Lang Syne. She thinks he is a Nazi. If he is a fan only of the music she has to wave a microphone, or a clarinet. She discovers that he is only a fan of a Nazi-like conformity to the crowd. By the same logic, as a Nazi fan, he will only pay attention to Nazi things. She thinks the only way to make herself visible now, is to wave a Nazi dagger. If it were a non-Nazi dagger, her wicked father probably wouldn't see it, and therefore her. She is trying to become visible. She hopes that if he can see her then he will be able to protect her from the unwanted attention of his client. She finds him lying in a heap. She wants to be his woman. Now the wife of the drunken sex pest finds him lying on the floor of the pub. She had noticed his advances on the young woman. She wants him to refocus on her again, but at this point in the party he is far too drunk. He says, yes, I might go to sleep. But kindly leave, leave the future. Leave it open. He says he is extremely tired, but asks her not to be offended by this. He does want a future with her, but is too drunk to have a proper discussion about the relationship and his conduct. He possibly owes money to other people in the pub, which also suggests he is a problem drinker. This first verse outlines the debate of whether old friends should be forgotten. Why should a girl have to put up with the attention of a sex pest, even if he has been her father's client for many years? Why should the wife of the sex pest disown him, for once flirting with a girl in a pub? Why should a father ignore his daughter, just because he has a business to run? What matters more conforming to the group and glossing over poor relationships, or making your individual voice heard at all costs? The answers are unclear, and so Leonard Cohen suggests that Auld Lang Syne is a comforting song only sometimes, but lacks a unified wisdom. We can try to smooth over relationships all the time, but eventually this collapses. Some unity is important, especially in the storms of life. It reminds me of faulty towers. His hand upon his leather belt now like it was the wheel of some big ocean liner. And she will learn to touch herself so well. As all the sails burn down like paper. He also mentions a cigarillo which is a short, narrow cigar. It is designed to be burnt for pleasure, like a comedian with a short fuse. This also links to the following song about John of Arc a heroic woman who was burnt-slash-consumed by the fire-slash-man. Chain smoking is constant smoking, so perhaps. And he has lit the chain. Of his famous cigarillo means that it is a cigar which can be smoked endlessly, like a sketch show can be played repeatedly. The short fuse never reaches its end. Auld Lang Sin is a firework of a song, which we utilize to fill up the dark voids between our relationships, but the pleasures it offers are superficial and short-lived. Leonard Cohen reminds us that life is always chaotic, despite all human efforts to organize and control it. He concludes with Dash. Let's leave these lovers wondering. Why they cannot have each other. Sometimes people need time apart to work out what is important to them. Ald Lang Sin noticeably avoids confronting this issue, and so Leonard Cohen makes it the final focus of his own song. Life is always chaotic and people do need space. So as we begin 2015 let's celebrate comedy because it has the true power to connect people. Ald Lang Sin's traditions are a comfort in the depths of winter, but we need comedy all year round to truly illuminate our souls. The next song is Joan of Arc.